Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. All right, guys. This is a few months in the making. Actually, maybe a year. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like literally coming up to a year. We've been saying, we've got to catch up. I'm Montana Brown from Love Island UK season three. I found you because, so I've been public about how reality TV affected my mental health. And mm-hmm. my ex-boyfriend, this is how I know it's a year, because it was my ex-boyfriend's mom who sent a message with your video from the BBC talking about mental health and the show. And she was like, I feel like these two would connect. And now a year and change later, we're... (laughs) (laughs) When did you go on your show then? I was on... So we filmed 2015 and it aired in 2016. So I was a little bit before you because you were 2017, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Yeah. 2017. Um, And it's funny because... You know, I would say in general, like The Bachelor is the biggest show in the U.S. Yeah. I feel like Love Island is the biggest in the U.K. Would that be? Yeah. Okay. I think it's a, it's a, it's very similar. Yeah. What I was curious about um, your filming and everything, is yours quite set up in the sense of telling you how to kind of be? Yeah. I mean, what's funny is I watch y'all's moments where, you know, you're doing like the chat with a girl or... And we would do those, they'd say, hey, like, can you go do a girl chat about this topic? And I was always thinking, like, there's no way people are around just conveniently talking about, like, the stories that are going on without a little bit of... Oh, of course. I feel like, you know, Love Island, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's more natural. No? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think you're 100% right. I think you've hit the nail on the head with Love Island because everyone's quite young on there and I feel like they see the value in letting people be in their natural habitat, just acting in their natural ways. I think they're, I think it's more scripted now than it was when I was on it. My year was a weird year because the year before wasn't that big. And then, so all of us that went on on 2017, none of us really knew it was going to be big. All of us were like, yeah, you know, we'll probably just go back to our normal lives after this and have a lovely job and maybe get a dog and yeah, just live the quiet life. And it was just so the opposite. So I feel like especially our season is so natural and like it wasn't that scripted. And yes, of course, I'd say, why don't you two have a chat about what's just happened in yeah. this challenge or and it, but it was quite organic and just everyone was acting like a buffoon the whole time. This is just an aside. But so I, I watched I've watched everything up until your season and I mean, obviously, y'all's cast, I thought, was just impeccable. <laughs> to the point where I've started season four, and I'm like, what is this cast? I'm early on, so it, <laughs> it might get better. But y'all's was just, to me, like, primo casting. I think I think so, too. Everyone was really easy to get along with. I remember just, I don't feel like anyone had a game plan because no one really expected anything or expected to get anything off the show. Everyone was just kind of themselves, whereas now people are going on with the intention of, oh, this is a huge show. I have like, to stay on here and maybe f- fake relationships with people so that I don't get dumped. Exactly. So so you said the show wasn't as big before you went on. Like, had you always been a, f- a fan, though? 
I'd watched the season one and season two. So I'd watched it. I knew what the show was. But most of my friends hadn't watched season one or season two. And so when the kind of opportunity came about, a lot of my friends were like, what is that? I was like, <laughs> well, it's, it's this show. And all my friends were so surprised because I was kind of renowned for kind of being a bit of a grandma. Like people Same. would literally have to drag me out to the pubs. And I'd be like, yeah. I'm tired. 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so I think my friends are really shocked by that. And I was really shocked because during the interview process, I was saying how I was in chamber choir. I don't really like drinking alcohol. I'd rather be in my pajamas at home with like no makeup. <laughs> and so when they said, yeah, 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 you're going to be going on, you're going to be in the starting lineup. I was like, eh? I was like, me? <laughs> oh, but that's a good character maybe. Although you didn't come off as a grandmother, but maybe they thought you might be kind of thing. I don't know how it is in um, The Bachelor, but do they give you alcohol on that show? What, what I've always said is that it was always there. There's no limit. Like, if you wanted to get sloshed, you could. But it's never, like, it's never forced. They're never like, hey, take a shot. But if you wanted to take a shot, there's plenty. If you want. One of my questions for you was... It never seemed like anyone was like drunk, even though there were, you know, cocktails if you win a challenge or, you know, people drinking red wine. It's because there's a drinks limit. So you're only allowed two drinks per evening. So they do like a little order at lunchtime. Oh. And you'll notice that lunchtime and dinner, you never see us eating. It's because that's when they change your microphones and that's when they change like some of the cameras and they change the batteries in your microphones. But that's when they take your drinks order and you can choose between like wine, beer, um, no spirits whatsoever, though. Okay. And so that was kind of, I think, a good thing because it's ITV. It's quite a friendly family orientated show. Right. Um, but I used to always give away my drinks. People literally used to fight. Over your drinks. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's what's so funny was like you're watching and I'm thinking they're probably waking up so hungover. I mean. Not, not at all. And. So I'll tell you another thing that people don't realize that they don't tell you the time. Of course, yeah. So all of the phones, so you know when they've got like, I've got a check. Yes. Um, all, <laughs> all of the phones have like different times on them. The oven time like has a different time on it every day. Like you never know what time it is so they can keep you up as long as possible. And I remember once the recoupling evenings are like the longest oh, evenings. Yeah. Same with the rose ceremony. I looked at one of the producers' watches once and it was like 4.30 a.m. I was thinking, oh my God, yep. I've been up all day. No wonder I'm knackered. But it was, yeah, it was definitely a weird experience. But you're napping, right? Yeah, but then like, if, if you're napping and they want something to happen or like something's going on, there's like this bellowing like voice that just comes out of nowhere. Like they've got these speakers kind of in all of the corners. And you, we used to call her like the voice of God. And she used to tell you when to get up, <laughs> tell you when to go to sleep, tell you to get out of bed. And just like, they'd shout at you through the speakers. So you never really knew who it was. You just kind of, God, that was like, who you listened to. Yeah. Who? God, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, go back a little bit though. Like, you know, I, I'm curious what you were up to before the show, like dating wise, relationship wise, and then how you were cast. I was out in a club which is random for me I'd actually driven to this club I was designated driver obviously cool. okay. um went to this club and these two people approached me and said hey like we we think like you have like a good look like we'd like you to apply for Love Island and in my head I was thinking Love Island I was, and I'd watched it the series before and there was like a lot of drama and you know people were kind of getting drunk and shouting and I was like I don't really think I'm what you're looking That's for to be thing. honest and yeah. I said yeah I was like I didn't want to be shouted at to be honest and they were like look just come into the interview 
see how it goes. Went in for the interview process and it was all fine. And I just remember I wasn't really that nervous only because I genuinely assumed that I would never get on it because I thought <laughs> that I'm really not going to be what they're looking for. Like, because I just felt like I didn't, I'm not a very like argumentative person. I hate having arguments with people. I don't like confrontation with people, especially to my friends. Um, so I always just thought this isn't going to be me. And they kind of don't really tell you all that much. They just kind of call you every now and then saying, yeah, it's looking really good. And, you know, we'll let you know in a couple of weeks. And then before I knew it, I just got a call like, yeah, 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 you'll be going in two weeks. And you have to get all your clothes ready and everything like that. And yeah, yeah. I've never been in such a mad rush to buy so many clothes. And what's weird is that they take away your phone. So and then so they fly all of the contestants out there a week before the show airs. Yep. Okay. Because it gets released to the public, the lineup. Right. So I was with like a chaperone for a week before the show aired. So many things are very similar. Like where the, we say we had to quarantine in a hotel for a few days and they take your phone. And what were you like in that quarantine? I hated it. It's just so boring. I mean, I think I watched every episode of from like the cooking channel because all you have is a TV. <laughs> you don't have laptops. You don't. They gave you a like an allowance for food for a whole day was $20 USD, which is like nothing for nothing. a hotel. So yeah, it was just, it was really boring. And it, you, you started to get stir crazy, which maybe is the goal. I just got paranoid. I was like, oh my God, what if I don't want to do this? I had so much thinking time. I was yeah. going around in my head thinking, oh my goodness, what is happening? And I think um, I was obviously single before the show, but like I dated a footballer kind of a year before that and then like a famous rugby player a couple of famous rugby players and I remember having my press day and then had they basically asked me about it and I at the time I'd never been in a press interview before they didn't prep me yeah. they didn't tell me what I should and shouldn't say I was like a deer in the headlights like uh yeah. and then I, I'm pretty sure I kind of put my foot in it I was like yeah I dated this guy and then I dated this guy and I just was like, oh, these people aren't going to write a Nazi story about me. Why would they do that? And then, like, it kind of got sandaled on the headlines. I was like, okay. And then they did. lose my mouth. Yeah. Let me just, there are Facebook questions, too. Uh, we're going to skip forward and, you know, okay. So it, it starts, you're on your original cast is what we would call. That's super exciting. I'm sure everyone wants to go in originally. Yeah. Jenna Kelly said, does she think her and Dom would have lasted through Love Island if Jess wasn't in the picture? That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Everyone is so fixated on me and Dom. Like, it's the most hilarious thing. Even four years later, you know those question things that you put on Instagram? Like, oh, ask me any questions. Everyone's like, Dom. About Dom. Dom. <laughs> Are you upset about Dom? I mean, I know he's married, but like, Dom. Dom. <laughs> so it's really hard to say. I think at the time I was worried because it meant that I was on my own. Okay. Secondly, I've never, ever been super, super confident. And I think before I went on Love Island, I never really backed myself. I didn't have the highest self-esteem. So I think I was really intimidated by Jess and how gorgeous she was. And, you know, she's so womanly. And I, I think, mm-hmm. I think I was very intimid- intimidated by that situation, but kind of I mean they're married with a kid now but I think Dom and I probably looking back have very like different values and we probably would not have lasted five minutes to be honest is there anyone else like in hindsight before we discuss your relationship with Alex that you thought 
even if they were ended up with someone else that you could have been a match with i don't think from my theory okay no okay because <clears throat> i feel like i was such good friends with cam and chris like the thought of going out with either one of those two makes me want to die. And also I know, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm still very good friends with Kem and Chris as well. Um, and, like, I couldn't go out with either of them. Like, I... they're just very, very good friends. But before Alex had gotten there, you know, that it, it, I don't know if this is accurate time-wise, but you had said, like, four weeks, I've been waiting, I've been waiting. Like, what's it like hanging on for four weeks and seeing all these couples forming and you're just like, oh. Do you know what? What I, what I really like, about myself when I was on there is that as much as like I I did want to be in a couple at the time I was never going to force it and obviously I was partnered up with Sam Mm -hmm. for a short time yeah there was nothing there (laughs) (laughs) like I think I really tried to be open-minded I was like yeah you know I can't judge a book by its cover (laughs) no you know I'm just gonna I'm gonna look past the fact he doesn't know what a nectarine is I'm gonna really try (laughs) just and just you know see him for what his soul is and I just I can't I was like I can't see myself and if I can't see a future with someone I just can't be invested in it and we were just so mismatched and I think yeah yes I think sometimes especially in the evening because let's not forget all you hear when you go to sleep is people shagging uh, okay that's a question too hang on we'll, we'll, we'll get okay. there we'll get, to- <laughs> oh, we'll get there <laughs> yeah but not too dissimilar from when I was at university, to be fair. Like, when my housemates would bring friends home, I'd be like, yeah, sweet. I'm here on my own eating crisps. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> but um, I think it, it didn't bother me at all, I don't think, because it is such an amazing experience and all the challenges. And I was quite enjoying not getting hurt by anybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. And not getting involved in the drama and just kind of taking a back seat and just trying to be a, a friend to people because it was the easiest thing to do. And I think... I didn't really get my feelings hurt in there as such. Um, I was just kind of there having a great time, eating the eating the free food in the fridge, you know, <laughs> living my best life. <laughs> so, okay. So Alex comes in, you're like, finally, a guy that I find hot. At what point, I mean, I know y'all were playing, it was a challenge or it was a game and and it. I think it, what was it? Where it's snog and then he went in for a kiss or something. Yeah, yeah. I remember exactly which one like, it was. Like, at what point... Did you guys connect? Like, was that the first time? Literally what happened was, Casper Moore, I feel like, was a ploy to get as many boys that were interested in me as possible because <laughs> everyone, else was, everyone else was in a relationship. Probably. So I feel like the, the producers were like, Mom's been on it for quite some time. She's been so single as fuck. She probably needs to find her someone. Um, Let's bring her someone in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Alex is very my type, okay. visually. So I love blonde, kind of mousy brown hair, like, Obviously, he's got an amazing body. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until that challenge until there was an opportunity for him to really go for it. Because otherwise, you're just kind of sitting around the pool. Like, it's not really an appropriate time to pounce on somebody. Um, so then after that, that's when it kind of started it off. Okay. And, you know, it started so promising. And then it just kind of crumbled. I think, do you know what? It's It's so difficult being on that show. And I feel like people deal with pressure in so many different ways. And... I think especially getting to know Alex on the show, off the show, he very much cares about what other people think of him. And I think he's one of those people that he can kind of chameleon into whoever he's with. I see. But like not in a horrible way, but in more of the fact that he just wants to please everybody. He doesn't want to upset anybody. He just wants to get along with everybody, which is obviously a great trait in some ways. But I think 
because I'm so strong-willed in the sense of like I don't drink like if someone's like oh you know you're not drinking you're boring I'm like you're a swat for trying to make me feel like yeah, I'm boring when like, I'm you're doing. actually just deeply insecure yeah exactly yeah. like you're just insecure and kind of deflecting that onto me whereas Alex's way of kind of dealing with that would be like oh um, I don't want them to think I'm boring so I'm going to drink loads I see so we kind of had initial values that met because he didn't drink loads and like I'm very anti-drug and he was very anti-drug and then I think as soon as we kind of left the villa like as when he was with other people that I knew like from the show and they were like yeah you know we went out and like Alex got really drunk and I was I'd be like oh did you get really drunk like not that I'd care but he would have told me that he didn't and then I was like what and he was like no 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 like they're lying and he just would get kind of defensive and that kind of all unraveled after the show which obviously nobody saw but yeah I feel like he really kind of needed to find out who he was before like he was ready for any relationship not just a relationship with me especially not with someone who I've always been so strong and confident in who I am and that I'm not going to pretend to be anybody that I'm not so I think we kind of clashed in that way and that's ultimately why we kind of didn't stay together was that we just we just he wasn't right for me so you get dumped what was it um dumped from the island on top five I think was yeah, we, we left, we were, yeah, the last couple before the final. What happens afterwards? Like, was it an easy transition to go from seeing each other every waking moment to, I mean, I think in your situation, it was kind of like longer distance afterwards too. Yeah. So, so what happened afterwards? I think this was also the turning point as well. So we left together and I thought, and I remember kind of the last few days of when we were on the show together, I said to him, just like I don't want to be like do have do something serious like I just kind of want to see how it goes and I think everyone at that stage before had been in a couple for the entirety of the show so obviously they were boyfriend and girlfriend and saying I love you and all of this stuff and like I'm a bit of a realist I was like let's not get ahead of ourselves let's not ask any rash questions and I remember the voiceover voice of god had said <clears throat> oh, montana and alex you are <laughs> you are going on a date today and you blah, blah blah like get ready in five minutes and i was thinking in my head god help me i swear to god they better not be planning for him to ask me to be his girlfriend like because this is so soon mm. and i was and i said to the producer i said he's not gonna ask me out is he like if he is can you please talk him out of it because i just don't really feel comfortable like i don't want to pie him off on national television it's just going to be embarrassing for both of us. And I'm like, no, no, of course not. He's not going to ask you out. We get on this picnic. You've seen it. We, we're, we get set up in this little picnic. <laughs> yes, yeah. And he just goes, I've got a question for you. And my face, I'm like, eh. No, I mean, it was, it was funny because to me, it was obvious that there was some, like, hesitation. Like, you weren't like, yes! <laughs> I just remember being like, oh, my God, I've been done. Um, so I think from that point onwards, like, cause obviously then we left a few days later, we were just both on very different paths. Like I remember him saying like, oh yeah, like we can move to London, like maybe move in together and, you know, maybe also we can sign with the same agency. And I was thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. Let's hold the bus here. Yeah. And I think, I think for him, like, the whole fame side of things and I remember when we got to the airport we were in Palmer airport walking through people were screaming at us I was really kind of not comfortable with it and I felt really kind of paranoid and quite anxious about it because I just I'd been away for eight weeks from home 
like I hadn't seen my family I hadn't spoken to my friends and I was just a bit intimidated by the situation whereas I feel like Alex really adapted a lot quicker than I did to that and even like to the point that when we landed he honestly went out that evening partying I do not want to go out like I'm I want exhausted to and go home yeah I haven't seen my friends and family yeah so it was really tricky because then you have the rat party and that's like two or three weeks later and I think I just knew I actually knew from the point I think that I he asked me to be his girlfriend it wasn't right the thing about Alex he's such a nice person he's he's got such a kind heart and he was I can't like fault him in that way because he is a really genuinely nice person and I trusted him and I thought the world of him at the time and I still think he's a really nice person I just think he had a bit of an identity crisis like when he came off and struggled to know like like what his identity was because I remember we had like an argument after the rap party and it was basically about the fact that I was like you can't just change yourself every single person that you meet because like you need to find who you are and stick with that because people will like you regardless Um, and we kind of broke up on like semi-amicable terms I, I remember feeling really guilty and I felt like because I knew that he was such a nice boy I felt uncomfortable with the breaking up um so it was it was definitely difficult but there's like a few little articles online and I don't necessarily believe everything but it's like he was being you know she said this so it's it doesn't seem like maybe at the end there there was friendship and rainbows he didn't see it coming which I thought was a red flag anyway because I wasn't really invested in it and I feel like anyone would be able to tell that which again like is I think he probably just needed some growing up to do like we all know that women are kind of a bit more emotionally mature than men uh, yeah um and so I think he maybe maybe struggled with that but you know I've seen him since and everything's been fine and like if I do see him at an event like we do speak and it, it's not awkward at all um but I think I definitely could have probably handled things better like when we left because I just wanted to get out of it I felt so claustrophobic I think I just went through a bit of anxiety when I first left and I just wanted to be on my own I just wanted to be with my close friends who I'd known forever who I know that I can trust and that was it and he obviously was not in that okay so Alex says he loves you and it goes into this kind of emotional uh tailspin for you and at least on the show it was attributed to your, your relationship with your dad and how that's affected like how how you look at romantic relationships which I can relate to because I have the same thing, but was that more maybe just because you knew like at that point, oh my gosh, he says, I love you. And I'm, I'm not even close to that. Plus I don't even know if this is working. I think you'll probably, you can probably relate to me on this, but like, I don't just get attached to people willy nilly. I'm not one of those people that need to be in a relationship. Right. Me neither. I'm just very realistic when it comes to relationships. I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, it's going to be all like fun and rainbows. and (laughs) going to be in love forever. Right. And in my head, I just felt like he wasn't ticking all of those boxes at the time. And so I wasn't going to let myself fall in love with love with somebody who I knew could potentially hurt me. And I think that is probably from like my relationship with my dad, where you know, I do. I definitely do have like abandonment issues from my dad and same fear of someone not loving me properly and fear of someone not loving me enough. And with that comes with this fiercely protectiveness, like against your, like you're just protecting your heart and you're protecting your feelings. So am I going to fall in love with someone like just because they say I love me? No. Am I going to say it out of pity? No. 
like you, you say it yeah you just say it when you feel it and I think I don't think it's something that he could relate to as such but I think it's important like if you don't feel something like don't say it your reaction was hilarious <laughs> I was like, like, why? <laughs> okay, I have a couple just like random show questions. Mm-hmm. Did I ever see you smoke? Probably not. I didn't smoke. It, I mean, it's just so funny. Like the biggest difference, obviously, is that in the US, like you just don't see that. And I just love seeing all these people around just smoking a cigarette. I'm like, what? This is so crazy. Yeah. But so, so someone had a question and I didn't know that this had happened, um, that the show removed this, the smoking section. Yeah. Okay. She asked if that has changed the show's dynamic. Really interesting question, actually, because I remember um, there were loads of complaints from our season that people were smoking. And what was happening? So you request cigarettes. So anyone who was already a smoker was saying, I need a packet a week or I need a a packet a day or whatever. And they would provide that. But what was happening, because they were so easily accessible, is that people were smoking. People that weren't smokers were like, oh, yeah, I'll have a cigarette. Oh, yeah, I'll have a cigarette. Oh, actually, I want a packet. Yeah. And then it ended up that everybody was smoking. And um, I remember it was actually, where was I? I think it was actually at the rap party. Like one of the heads of ITV was like, do you think we should ban smoking from Love Island? I said, absolutely. One, it's terrible that people are like starting to smoke in the show because it's so there, just around everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, But now they make you go out of the villa into a separate bit. I see. Which then obviously makes it less appealing because people don't want to leave the villa and miss off all the, on all the gossip. And also I'm thinking like smokers, their stuff smells like smoke, you know, their hair, mm-hmm. their clothes. Like I imagine stuff started to smell like smoke. Yeah, it it did. It did. Yeah. Um, but I, can, I don't think it has changed the dynamic purely because they've just eliminated like the smoking area. Um, so people are just kind of still congregating there, but just not smoking while doing that. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, okay, Laura said, I always wonder about the food on Love Island. Do they have a chef? Is it catered? Do they make their own meals? Um, so you make your own breakfast. Okay. And then everything else, like lunch and dinner, is catered. So there's like a cupboard that we all go into. Have you seen the cupboard? Yes, yes, yes. It's like next to the fridge. Yep. So that's like a, it's like a pantry, but it's got a door on the other side, and that's how like they deliver food in. So what they'll do is they'll lock our door to go into the pantry. They'll open their door. They put all the food in there for lunch. And then like we can take it out. Sneaky. Okay. Yeah. Very sneaky. Oh, like what does a day look like for y'all? Um, so I'll run you through a day in the life. Yeah, off. Please, um, please. So you wake up to this bellowing voice of God, like wake up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it takes about 15 minutes for everyone to actually get up Um the girls normally go upstairs, you know, freshen up. The boys normally go outside. Because um, obviously there's only one bathroom and one shower. That's insane. Literally. Everyone's shitting in the same toilet. I, oh, I literally was like, what do you do if you have to take a dump? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was painful. Um, <sighs> and so, yeah, you get up. The girls normally go upstairs, kind of get into a bikini, brush their hair, kind of. And you, it's so funny because at the start, everyone's kind of putting their makeup on, drawing their eyebrows yeah. on, making their hair in the morning. As the weeks go on, like, no one nah. gives a shit. Everyone's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go downstairs. Normally, Jamie would have, like, whipped up some breakfast uh-huh. or one of the boys would have whipped up some breakfast. And we, that's kind of a collaborative thing. Like, everybody, everybody kind of eats breakfast together. And then normally there's a text involved. It's like a challenge. Mm-hmm. 
So you'd either have a challenge outside and then you'd have challenges inside as well. So obviously there was like a kissing challenge that was inside and you'd have to get ready and it would say like who's presenting it for that day. Um, So you'd probably have a challenge before lunch and then you'd come back. Everyone kind of does a diary room, um, the beach hut. And and then everyone eats and then everyone kind of goes into their own conversations because as well, like they're not all scripted. This is what's kind of quite nice about the show. It never really felt too scripted because you're naturally having these conversations. And you're just being encouraged to, to have them. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, like it was all of the, the days, like they just, they were good. Like the challenges were the funnest days, I have to say, because they give you outfits for that day. And then you know that you're like running out these doors, going down the steps, and you see this massive kind of setup of a challenge. You're like, cool. <laughs> It is cool. I will never forget one of the, when we had the babies. Oh. And I woke up, I was like... What? God? What noise? Yeah. Oh. Wow. That was good stuff. But that ultimately, like, episode. the day-to-day, it, that's why I feel like everyone was so comfortable in front of the camera. Because one, the cameras are hidden. Yeah. Two, it's like you're just living in a house full of, like, your friends. Naturally, I think people are funnier and you get to see people's real personalities and they don't need to stage people having arguments and things like that for entertainment because people are just entertaining and getting in arguments naturally exactly because they live together 24 7 exactly uh oh someone wanted to know specifically about the announcement of the text everyone says it the same way like i got a text so is that expected everyone says it the same way like do you practice i got a text No, I think like it's the sheer excitement and then like someone just sets the tone and then it just happens the whole time. Okay, noted. Like you just shout it at the top of your lungs. And if you do it quietly, like the producer will be like, yeah, you've got to say no, it. No, speak up, speak up. Yeah, yeah, speak up. <laughs> and then you end up just like yelling it. But but I'll tell you what is funny that no one sees is that I don't know if this is similar in the in The Bachelor, but on the recoupling days, learning your speech. So. I want to couple up with this. Oh, I mean, gosh. You- <laughs> but it, I mean, they always, is this edited in or is this natural? Those kind of like suspenseful pauses or are you encouraged to write a speech that might make this other person think that you're talking about them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you've got to learn it off my heart. I'm terrible at learning things off my heart. And I remember I was coupled up with Marcel at one point and I was thinking, I said to Liv, I was like, what am I going to write about this guy? I don't even like, we're just mates. (laughs) I love being your mate, but I have to make it seem like I'm talking about another person too. To make it nerve wracking. He's just such a valued member of the group. And I can imagine him outside of the group and we'd miss him in the group. Oh, I, And Liv always was teasing me. She was like, I think you said group about five times in that speech. I was like, yes, I know that. (laughs) Emily Palmer. So how often are people actually having sex in front of everyone else? People are having sex everywhere like genuinely everywhere all the time in the day in the night upstairs downstairs (laughs) like it is hilarious because you kind of know that they can't really put it on camera they can only do it if it's undercovers and it it looks like you're yeah yeah exactly so i mean (laughs) looking back i remember at the start everyone is so kind of aware of the fact that you are literally five centimeters away from the next couple in a bed yeah like just with 12 different couples and then like i said like everyone just gets so comfortable i mean we were waxing each other's vaginas by like the third week genuinely 
I saw everyone's bum holes, everyone's vaginas by like the third week. It was just like, right, wax time, girls, wax time. Who wants their vagina wax first? Like it was just everyone oh was God. so close in more ways than one. I'm hoping they gave you guys like earplugs. There was earplugs, but I just think, in a way, like that, you probably had the same with the people that you were on the on the Bachelor. But you create this bond with people that have been on the same show, whether it's your year or a different year. Yeah, and you just connect over just the mutual experience because no one else will understand how incredible that experience and journey was. I mean, I had an incredible experience. I feel like I was very lucky because I feel like the way that they edited me was the way that I actually am. But for example, Liv, like I'm still very good friends with Liv. I feel like she- Did she get screwed? She kind of got painted out as the bad bad girl. Whereas, you know, Chris was actually quite hard work and I did feel bad for her because they got like Stormzy on the show being like, they showed oh, obviously yeah. all the tweets and yeah. Stormzy had said like, oh, Chris is too good for Olivia. And you know, to for her to kind of come back from that and to be so self-assured that, you know, she's well within her right to behave how she how she's behaved because they kind of missed out a few bits that Chris had done. Mm-hmm. You know, kudos to her. And I think she's still done so, so, so well. And she, again, she's one of those people that is very self-assured. She knows who she is. Um, but you know, that could really affect people. Yeah, it sucked. I was on that end and it was no fun. Tell me about what happened on, on yours then. So you had a bad experience on The Bachelor, did you? I didn't leave being like, that went great. I could be the villain. I, I could be the villain kind of thing. Like, that was how I felt. But I I genuinely felt like I was super boring in there. Like, I was the villain that was really uncomfortable and, like, it wasn't the right environment. And so I just hid in my room a lot. And I, I'm not villainous by nature. So if anything, my problem was just that anything I was asked to do, I agreed to do. And so, yeah, they would say, go grab The Bachelor first. He asked us to ask you to do it. And in hindsight he didn't but in the moment I was like oh my gosh he asked me to grab him I totally will so then I would do that and then it would push along this storyline of like she's aggressive she's this she's that when that's not something that I would do by nature that's quite mind game oh yeah that no sounds like mind game it's very mind gamesy and I and I the reason I say that I I don't think that Love Island is like that because I don't think it's like hey go you should go do this and like then it'll unspur this like this whole story and then yeah editing just destroyed me like just moving things around yeah and it makes you like paranoid doesn't yeah it? yeah like brings out your worst qualities you know I'm not a competitive person for a man I don't need to like pr- prove myself for a guy if, if, if he's not into me I know he's not into me and I'll just move right along kind of thing but when you're in there and this is your mm. your prime goal is like finding a husband out of this person you you get you get more competitive for someone that you, you don't even know anything about i think that's i think that's the hardest part yeah. is that even like dating in like nowadays if like someone boys play games on the best of days and like you know that makes you feel sometimes like insecure and you question things and you know you've got your friends around you to be like no well you know what you can speak totally. to someone else but in that yeah. situation you know, you're probably feeling a bit out of control in the sense of, you know, he's been interested for the, you had two roses and then he kind of goes off. You're like, what? And then it's also being televised as well. Like, I can't imagine how hard that must have been. It's, it was it was weird. It was weird. But I think that's why I, I, I liked that video. And that's how I found you again, was because you talked about the mental health. Because, because I looked as bad as I did, you know, America, which the viewership 
just based on how many followers contestants get on each show is probably very similar. Um, but they're opinionated and they go in mm, on you and, and they do. And, you know, and even I had read some, I don't think anything that you did was like egregiously terrible. I thought you were a great character, but the, of course there's the whole, like the Gabby situation where yeah. people turned on you or the Camilla situation where you had said something about your friendship, which I mean, to, to say like one line that is uh, uh, rude out of eight weeks of filming that's uh, and then to go in on that like that just seems really I also think like it's it is kind of harsh how they do that because like I'm a very like honest person and I feel like especially with the Camilla thing like we are so polar opposites like Mm -hmm. I would never get upset about the things that Camilla gets upset about but that's just because she's like such a pure and gentle person that you know things like that did affect her and obviously she was in love and she had kind of she was with Johnny and she had a bad experience with that and like but people forget like even being in a situation like that um where like you you're not speaking to anyone else like that is your bubble and like if someone's kind of getting upset all the time and you want to reassure them and you want to be a good friend to them like that also can be like emotionally draining on you and like I I think at the time like I didn't mean it in a bad way like I didn't think it was a horrible thing to say like I was just being honest yeah but but... people take it the wrong way and like the worst thing is the aftermath you're completely right it's people having this opinion and it's not based on it's different if you're like a musician or you're an artist and people are I don't like your music you're like all right well so many other people do like it people are judging you based on you like your personality of what they think and people think that they know you so well because they've seen you want to show and they're like oh she's a terrible person oh she's horrible oh she's evil oh she's so aggressive it's like you've seen what someone wants you to see like you've seen such a small snippet of who somebody is and like people kind of feel the need to judge somebody online and like you know what if you want to bitch about me on your friendship group on your whatsapp group to your mom do it in private but there's no need to share that on social media and that's where the toxic thing lies I think and that's what's so hard for people because that does give you mental health problems for a long long time because it's just self-doubt yeah you're doubting yourself you're like am I this horrible like if people think I'm so horrible still get that where I'm like I don't think I'm that person but am I that person and then it's like you know I never did a show after that so it's so frustrating that half of this world will like forever think that I'm just this terrible awful person and I and and there's nothing you can do about it. Would you do it? Would you do television again? Uh, no, I don't think I would. I, it was just so. I mean, the only reason I would ever do it is like for that redemption, quote unquote. But mm-hmm. it's been five years now, and at this point, like, do, I'm not gonna win everyone over. Do I really give a fuck if there's like a million gajillion people who think I'm a monster? It sucks sometimes, but like overall, I'm okay. But I feel like you do have such a engaged following and people really invest in you as a person I do and like it's amazing that what you've done from that because a lot of people it literally kills them off they never want to do anything on social media and like they it really affects them intrinsically whereas from what I've seen from your page like people love you and they adore you and they love that you've told your story so that's an amazing positive from that because I feel like even the fact that you you know you've got a podcast talking about the truth of all about this is is so valuable because People probably look up to you and think, mm, I'm going to think twice. I, I hear all the time, one, people that watch shows differently now, which is important. Like, my argument, and you kind of spoke to this, was 
hey, I get it. These shows are entertaining. And if you find a character, she's behaving funny, laugh about it with the girls that you're watching the show with or laugh about it with your mom. But, like, to, to, to turn this whole thing that's just supposed to be entertainment into something where you're going on someone's page and writing that they should die and that they should kill themselves and they're a horrible person, that's just... It's, it's three steps beyond what it should be it's not that's not Mm. what reality television is and if i can get people number one to watch it differently even better number two if they kind of think again like is my emotional health mental physical is it ready for something like this because your life completely changes in every way Mm. people need to know that (laughs) that that does happen and that can really affect people like long term as well it can affect you mentally long term i never suffered with anxiety before I went on that show um so and I I don't know anybody in the entertainment industry that I know from the show that doesn't suffer with anxiety yeah so and it and it's it's really hard because I feel like so many people say to you oh you're so lucky what you got to complain about like what are you anxious about like you're rich and you're famous and blah blah and people just attest to this fact that if you're rich and famous and you can't have any problems people talk about the aftercare now you know Love Island has seen how many suicides? Um, oh God, like three. <laughs> three too many. But you know what's crazy is I'm watching the season and I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, Mike just lights up a screen. He's so great. He's so great. To know that he's not with us anymore, and, and anyone who takes their life from a reality show, and you know, it can't ever be like directly attributed. But your life just changes. And you don't get the help that you need. And I'll say that forever. Bachelor's the same way. Once you're off the show, we're done with you. It's like this just like I think they see people as disposable. And it's like anything. Like once you've been doing something for so long, it you just become desensitized to picking people up and dropping them off. And like with Mike specifically, the way he came across on television was not how he is. Like it's just the saddest thing because yeah. I I feel like I wish people had more of a chance to see him for who he truly was. And he was such a beautiful person. And, you know, I grew, I honestly loved him to bits. He was such a good friend to me. Um, And again, what he really suffered with, like after coming off of the show, especially with boys, you don't find it as much with girls, but with boys, they really do have an expiry date on their career. They do PAs, they do personal appearances here, there, and everywhere. And then after the first year, it's hard for them to make money. They don't get those big fashion deals. True. Like, they don't want to talk about, you know, skincare on their (laughs) stories. Like, they don't want to do a skincare post. No, they don't. Or anything about tan. Or like, you know, Coco need, like, hair masks. Oh, my. You don't see... (laughs) you see, You don't see the boys doing that. So they miss out on a lot of money after the first year. And nobody tells you oh, you should put some money aside to save. Yeah, I mean, having financial help too would be huge. Exactly. And people spend so much money in their first year because they're like, I'm rich. I'm rich, I'm rich forever. Yeah. And then a year goes past, another series has come up and they're like, "Mm, I'm not getting as much work. Mm, I'm I'm tied into a lease car for three years. Mm, I'm renting somewhere for three years. Mm." All these costs are coming out, not that many costs coming in. And like the stress and the pressure of having to keep up the appearance of having a certain lifestyle that is where the pressure comes for people that come off reality tv shows because people are afraid to admit defeat and say actually i'm gonna have to go back to my old job because i'm not earning as much money as i used to right and we need to normalize that 
I mean, what's crazy is like, even if I search your name online, right? Like majority of the uh, articles are like, Montana goes on the beach with some underboob. I know. It's just wild to me that, you know, you could have thought that you'd come off of this show and like get a dog and, you know, but then it's like you're in Barbados in a swimsuit with underboob. I'll tell you what, honestly, the, the misogyny attached to all these journalists, like it's, oh, it's insane. It's insane. crazy. If you go on a show like that, you can bet your bottom dollar every single person that interviews you talking about your bikini board or your ass or your boobs, and you're like, what are you even asking me? Like, can you ask me something with the actual meaning behind it? Any substance like, I, at I, all. Yeah. yeah. I, and they just assume that you don't have any substance. Like, the other day I had an interview, and I can't even remember what publication it was for, but this guy was asking me, so I did a different show called Celebs on a Farm. Yeah, yeah. And obviously you're wearing all, like, farm stuff. And this journalist um, said to me, he was, like, obviously some old, balding white guy, um, was like, did you find the transition really difficult, like, wearing a lot of clothes? Obviously, you're used to wearing bikinis all the time. Like, did you find that transition quite difficult? Oh, my God. So you're asking me if I struggled putting clothes on. That's and I was insanity. like, what even question is that? I was like, you're, what a stupid question. He's like, no, no, no. What stupid, like, I'm just saying, like, do, would you prefer to be in a bikini, like, over wearing clothes? I'm like... I can do both and be happy. Yeah. Are you going to ask the guys that question? Literally. Would you ask... Would they ever ask a guy no, that question? No, never. I know. It's terrible. And I feel like I'm definitely on, like, a rampage of, like, women empowerment and, like, women as speaking you out. And especially, be. Yeah. And with this whole Meghan Markle thing coming out as well, like, I can't cope with people's responses, like, she is evil. I'm like, do you know her personally? You don't know any of these people personally. Not no one. In fact, people are saying, "Oh, I don't trust her. She's ripped Harry away from her fa- like his family. His family are a bunch of racists who are literally going to like not treat her as family for the rest of her life." And of course, she should speak out about it. What just because they're the royal family that they shouldn't be able, like be under any scrutiny? So, at least for bachelor couples, there's a lot of pressure to maintain a coupleship or to uh, the the world wants you to work out right, and the bachelor their success rate is obviously super low because you maybe spend an hour with this person. (laughs) But it seems as though, you know, obviously you get a ton more time on Love Island, but the couple still just more often than not don't work out. In my experience, I think it's because most people that go on Love Island are quite young. Yeah. So I think that's probably a massive factor because you don't really know who you are and like what you stand for at that age. And I think it's a massive learning curve. Secondly people change you're going from somebody from somebody who nobody knows like a nobody to somebody who everybody knows and people change in those environments and you know you're in oh, no just do a really cute dog oh, yeah. um i think people do really change personality wise because in there it's obviously you can be yourself you're the same person that you were a year ago and you know you're, you're still exactly the same person coming off the show a lot of people change, not in a good way. People care about you. They follow you. Exactly. And do you know what? I definitely can attest to, as soon as I came off that show, maybe a year on from that, I kind of looked at myself in the mirror. I was not happy with who I was in the sense of I was demanding. I was ungrateful. Sorry, she she loves you. She just wants to be close. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I was really taking my life for granted. You were. And I took my work for granted. I took my income for granted. And I tell you what, it was only really until my friend committed suicide 
that completely changed my life and like don't get me wrong it was the worst time of my entire life like I was in a relationship at the time and it was only until something that monumental happened that I realized the relationship I was in was not a healthy one and was not a relationship that could support me going through something so huge and I just went through a massive epiphany and a realization that there are so many people suffering in the world there are so many people with so many problems if I've got this platform like we need to be helping people yeah I need to be going to bed at night feeling like I've actually accomplished something feeling that I've actually done some good because all I was doing was promoting tops and just doing crappy jobs for money and it was just I just felt like my life my life didn't count for anything mm-hmm. and I thought that if I can do some benefit with my following and you know make people feel better about themselves or just make people feel like they can relate to me in some weird way then I'll be happier but I just was an ungrateful little bitch I'll be honest I was an ungrateful little bitch back in the day I'm so proud of you for like admitting that though yeah honestly I look back I'm like god like I remember I I was complaining once because a company they did a job with me and I was doing a shoot in London and they weren't organizing me in Addison Lee which is like a private taxi company and I was like oh my god I can't believe they're not they're not organizing me in Addison Lee I was like that is just fucking disgusting and I just remember being like I look back now and like my mentality and I was like what the fuck but not everyone learns that and that's what's weird like I guess yeah that's where the whole people change comes into play is some people change but they don't change back (laughs) exactly and I think that show like people do blow smoke up your ass I mean you probably had it where every like you're you're kind of like hot topic for a season and then you kind of get you, you just get more like egotistical and I mean I was never rude to people and I was never kind of treating anyone in a bad bad way but I think my expectations of other people and what people should provide for me and what people should do for me because I am who I am it was this sense of entitlement that I'm so glad that I'm not like that anymore yeah. um but I think that's majorly because I've kept friends with the people that I've been friends with since I was young and those are always going to be my best friends. Those are always going to be the people close to me. And I think as long as you keep the people around you who are close to you, who know who you are and know what your values are, then you can't really go wrong. I just want to touch like once more on this aftercare thing, right? Like you were really close with Mike. Obviously, I I can't even imagine what it's like to lose a friend. Probably have so many questions, right? Like I, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was he struggling beforehand? And do you think it was the, like the show? So for me, like, this was like a really tricky time, not just because of like his death, but I was kind of very focused around his death press wise. Yeah. And there was so much to the story that people didn't know. And like, you know, this like from experience, if there's a story that comes out about someone close to you and it's fake and it's lies and it's not true, if, if the truth involves somebody else and throwing someone else under the bus, even though it's the truth, you can't say it. And this is something that really kind of I really struggled with because so Mike was in a relationship, a very unhealthy relationship before he passed away. And that had massive, massive, massive implications on his mental health. And I think nobody really knew that. I knew he was struggling because of this situation, because he was in a very toxic relationship with a very toxic person. And this never came to light Mm. 
And I knew that that was a contribution to what happened to him. Not saying it was all on that, because I think we all have toxic relationships that get us in a very dark place. Um, but I know that was a big contributing factor. Another contributing factor for him um, was he, I think he felt the pressure of the world. People were not nice to him in the press. People were picking him apart for his appearance, for the way he was, saying he was disgusting. And, you know, he became very insecure. And this kind of, it went hand in hand with the press, and his past relationship Exposure. where he wasn't really getting this yeah he wasn't getting the support from his past relationship and that he needed which meant that he had low self-esteem he didn't have confidence and bearing in mind i mean he's a very good looking boy like he's wow. gorgeous yeah. he had everything in front of him and I, he just didn't see it he really lost who he was he really just always wanted that dream relationship his parents are happily married and married from a very young age he always wanted that. He just wanted a healthy, amazing girl to love and to cherish and for that to be reciprocated. That's not what he went through. And I think he, everything that he thought he believed about love and relationships and girls and people, it was crushed. And I think as a man, he struggled to articulate that to his friends. Yeah. And I kind of knew that he was depressed because back in November, so about four or five months before he killed himself he told me he opened up he said I don't know what to do I'm in such a dark place I like how how do people get over this and and I kind of gave him the magic by Rhonda Byrne and I was like you have to force yourself to think positively every single day you need to commit who cares about the job the work whatever the main priority is you and I think men in general are not not that they're not supportive but they're not as compassionate. They're not as empathetic. If a guy says to a guy, I'm feeling really shitty. I'm feeling depressed. I feel heartbroken. They're like, mate, it's fine. Like, we'll just go Let's out go and have get a fucked beer. up. Yeah. Let's just go get fucked up. Let's go out. Let's just fucking go shag some birds. Yep. That is not going to cure depression. No. And I think that's what's really like hard is that I feel like men don't feel that they, that they can express themselves properly which makes them hide a massive part of how they're feeling, which adds to the burden. And I just think he, it got too much for him, like everything alongside like his depression. And I think he was going out too much. And I just remember being like, why are you going out so much? You need to look after yourself. And he just, he didn't see the value in it because I think he just did not want to be alone with his thoughts. And it was honestly, I, he was actually coming out of it. This is this was what was the worst part is that I kind of coached him through getting out of the depression, focusing on something else, focusing on looking after himself mentally and becoming a better person, appreciating what he has so that he can realize that his life does have value. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, he was on the rise in January. Like, so November, I'll give you kind of a timeline. November was when I kind of knew he was really badly struggling. December he sent me a lovely Christmas card and was just like thank you so much I feel so much better January it, I just felt like he was kind of getting more motivated and he was going to the gym and wasn't going out as much and then in February he just I just I remember my I was out I was out where I was, at. I was out in London and my friend messaged me saying um I don't know if you've heard but Mike's killed himself and I remember looking at it being like no he hasn't my instant response was Oh, that's fake news. That hasn't happened. Because literally four days before he did this, he FaceTimed me and he was like, 
I just wanted to say thank you so much for being such an amazing friend to me. Like, I love you to bits. I'm just, I'm always going to be there for you. Like, I'm always going to be with you. And I just wanted to thank you because you've really, like, changed my life and all of this. And I just remember being like, oh, I didn't think anything of it. But now, looking back, I'm like, he was saying goodbye. That was him. Yeah. Like, because it was like a half an hour conversation. That was him letting me know that, you know, that he loves me and that he appreciates all everything that I kind of gave to him. But it's such a sad world because I don't think he will be the last person to commit suicide from the entertainment industry. It's so overbearing. There's so many things that people do not realize. I mean, you know, the struggles it's, it's the trolling, it's the judgment, it's the press, it's people questioning who you are. I always wished, you know, these shows have their budget is so big. It's just so huge. And there, I mean, there has to be some level of, not even production checking up on you, but like, I'm talking, you should cover therapy. Mm. You know, I'd like to think that some of these things wouldn't happen if people from the outset of this exposure, a professional who can mm. help and they can be available for years if they need to be, because these, these shows have the biggest budgets in the world. Mm. They can afford, they, they can afford it. If someone from their cast is like, I'm having trouble, they should be able to say, well, we're going to help you through because... You never think someone so close to you would ever do that because but the, it's just such a devastating way to, like, to kill yourself. And I, I do think that this happens so often. This isn't just people in, in the media. This isn't just people in entertainment. But there is something to be done there in is. general with people committing suicide. Like your body is consistently fighting against disease and like how to survive and like fight or flight. For every atom and cell in your body to be telling you to terminate your life, that is that the world has failed these people. The 100%. world that we live in has failed these people, and it's like, how can we, how can we do something about it? Because it, it, we need to raise awareness about it, really. One hundred percent. Because it, it's it's shocking, but it has got better. Like the Love Island aftercare has got better, and I think it is compulsory now for them to check in with a therapist. That's and good. I know that they do cover. Um, therapy because another one of my friends from Love Island has therapy which is courtesy of Love Island um, which I think is yeah it is great and I know that they have sent people to you know mental health institutes and things like that to get better and to improve on their mental health so I think it is a learning curve for them as well because I don't think they really realize and and I think in not in their defense I would never kind of defend them because they're such a massive corporation but you know, there's pressure on them from people above them to make a good show and to spit people out. And it, it kind of becomes like an everyday thing of like, okay, yeah, well, this is just like my job. Whereas I think now we, we have to approach every situation with empathy, with compassion and with any job where you're working with humans and or you're working with, with anyone, who whoever you're crossing paths with, you have to consider people's feelings. Um, and I think it took me a while to admit to myself that I was dealing with anxiety because I'd never dealt with it before. I didn't even know what anxiety was. You know, I I was depressed when my friend committed suicide. I was badly depressed. I was so unhappy. I genuinely remember feeling like heartbroken. I did not want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I just remember seeing gray. Like the sun was out. And it was all gray. Didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go to the gym. I didn't want to see anyone. And even when I did see somebody, they would have no idea. Because I was just, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. And you know what it's like. You have to kind of switch it on, like even whether it's for social media or for doing like... Because if you're rude, then someone will write about how rude you were. Exactly. 
Um, so it's helping the people out there really and just doing something good with your platform, which clearly you are doing as well. We're trying, girl. Fantastic. We're trying. We're trying. Yeah. Uh, okay, if, just a few more. Uh, someone wanted to know if there's any part of you that's surprised that really the last couple standing are Jamie and Camilla and Dom and Jess. To be honest, I was so protective of Camilla that I just didn't want her to be with anyone. So when Jamie kind of came along, I was always like, hmm. I, I was know. never like 100% sure. I was like, hmm, <laughs> yeah. is going to be good enough for my friend or not? <laughs> um, <laughs> and even afterwards, I was always like, when's the nasty side going to come out then? Yeah. Like, I was yeah. just really skeptical of anyone she was with because she is just one of those really rare people who is just so pure and beautiful and just so kind. And she would always just put anyone above herself yeah um so i am i am surprised but you know they're now getting married they've got a baby like baby amazing and i'm i'm so happy for her because she just deserves all the happiness in the world yeah i've i've really you know i'm watching and of course after it's over i have to google like where are they now and when i go through it broken up broken up broken up married with a child child getting married i'm like wait wow those are the couples that you know both were like probably the least committed looking on yeah. the exit you know like 100 percent. and i think that's also because they are older like camilla and jamie were older when they did the show true and so were jess and dom so i would personally put it down to that as well because the people that they were on the show are probably the same people that they are now well okay before we talk about dating let's talk about swim society because you've been going so crazy on on the instagram with your new business venture so please tell us about swim society you have beautiful ladies and beautiful swims thank you i this was really like a passion project of mine and i think it started off with i want to create something that's mine i want to create like a community of people that feel amazing and swimwear and and then it kind of just kind of digressed into I want to make people feel amazing about themselves. And I think women are constantly feeling self-conscious, not good enough. They're constantly judged on their appearance. And I kind of was just a bit sick of it. And I just thought we need a brand to connect to these beautiful women. And I just think women are just the most powerful race ever. I think they make the best leaders. I think they act with compassion first. I think they put people first other than like above money. Um, and I just think they need to be empowered. So Swim Society is obviously about selling sustainable swimwear. We make all of our um, swimwear from um, consumer plastics and recycled fishnets. But it's also about connecting people together. And like we do open casting. Um, we don't necessarily always use models. Um, and we're going to be doing workshops. So about body confidence, self-esteem, um, just self-love. And, you know, even like spirituality. And I think those are all really important things, I think. The more people can grow in spirituality, the more self-aware they are about themselves and about judgment from other people and how they don't have to listen to anyone else. Because if you're so self-assured in yourself and your values and who you are, then it's not going to affect you. Um, So that's something that definitely is translated with the brand. And it's something that I'm truly passionate about. And it's it's just going from strength to strength, really. And we're looking to grow like in the next few years. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Here's, you talked a little bit, I'm going to, Pull this around full circle how you had dated some some footballers before the show you mentioned who they were on accident because you were so excited with the press so i'm imagining after love island your life opened up even more so 
I remember I left Love Island and obviously broke up with Alex and then I was in a relationship for three years up until last year. Yeah, saw that. And do you know what? Like, again, like, I was so, I feel like I was so young when I got into this relationship. I was 21 and, you know, I definitely, was, he was the first person that I truly, like, loved properly. But I think when you're younger, I remember thinking, like, oh, he's really visually my type. Like, he's tall and, like, he's got a good body and he's fun. And and those are the things that I valued at that time. Yeah. And I think as young girls, you always want to be with someone that's fit. Oh, six yeah. Pack. I'm learning. I learned so much terminology, by the way. Like, fit. I wish I could name them all, but I should have written them down. Like, all of the words that y'all... Salty? Was it salty? No, um, it starts with a G. Damn. Okay, keep going. I'm going to Google it, actually. So I think I really valued that. And I, I felt very comfortable with my ex because I knew him from before. So I had a lot of people messaging me. And um, I think I was really scared of who I could trust at that time. Uh, yeah, I would be. So I knew that I was comfortable with him. I knew that he was nice because I was kind of knew who he was already. And we knew each other beforehand. Um, And he kind of really was my first proper serious relationship, I'd say. Um, And then, as I said, like, as soon as I kind of got to know myself and I had that epiphany of who do I want to be? Like, who do I want to be when I grow up? And what values do I want to? obtain on the way and am I am I somebody who I'm going to be proud of like in 10 years time um and all those questions I think at the time were no yeah and I don't think he brought out the best in me um and I think as women we always say like oh, I want to be with the best guy like I want to choose the best guy with the best board and the best personality and the best job but I actually think you should go out with someone based on who makes you the better girl who brings out the best in you? Yeah. And um, because I didn't feel like I could, don't get me wrong, like he's a lovely boy and, you know, we had some amazing memories, but emotionally he could not support me. Um, he did not understand me on an emotional level. And especially coming from a show that's that big and the emotional side of things is very complex and it takes someone with a lot of emotional maturity to understand. Yeah how that works and it just wasn't there Mm. that's one thing that I would look for now is empathy someone who can take themselves out of a situation and under try and understand where you're coming from um so I mean dating for three years after Love Island like when I went out with him it was a perfect year and then ever since the kind of whole mic thing happened it just went spiraling downhill because anyone can have a good relationship if it's surface level yeah you know you know you want to be with someone who is there when you're at your lowest and that can pull you up who knows that if you're kind of being quite snappy and being out of character there's probably something deeper to the to the issue it's not that you're just being a massive bitch no it's very surface level you're just a bitch like yeah yeah (laughs) yeah You, you need like a guy that is definitely compassionate and can scratch beneath the surface and I think he was a year younger than me so again like emotional maturity I felt like I was kind of leaps and bounds ahead of him um but I'm so grateful for that experience because I now feel like I'm 25 I really know what I want in a partner 
great. And it's it's not someone who's oh my god, I just want to be gorgeous and amazing and tall and fit. sexy, like yeah, and fit. <laughs> um, and obviously that is you want that as well. But I don't value those attributes as much as I once did. I value integrity, trust, loyalty. Someone who is going to make me into a better person. Someone who's going to, if they see me acting off, they're going to pull me to one side and be like, what's wrong? Let's talk. Someone who's good at communicating. Okay, I, I got it. I got two terminology questions to end this yeah. beautiful podcast. So first, I'm going to say it the way that y'all say it, just to get the point across. So grafting. Yeah. What does that mean? Grafting can be, it's kind of like a scale. So it's almost like putting effort in. Okay. For example, like a guy that I was previously dating was like, you're so much graft, which means that I was hard work to get in the first place. Like they would have to do a lot to like keep me there. Okay. (laughs) That was one that I was always like, there could be several (laughs) meanings to this. It's basically like how much someone wants to get to get somebody and like, okay. some, some, you might say like, oh, they're an easy graft. All right. Wow. That's yeah. like three different verbi- verbiage nouns. Yeah. I don't even know. Okay. The other one, you all right. <laughs> yeah. it, it means, are you all right? But it also means like, hello, or what's up? Yeah. I have this kind of ba- this language barrier situation whenever I go to America because I say, oh, you're right. They're like, yeah. What do you mean? I'm fine. Are you Why are you asking? Right? It's basically like an English term of saying like, are you okay? What's up? What's up? Yeah. Or- yeah, yeah. People would say like, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those were, those were the two. And then I had to wonder, right? Like I have to watch the show with captions or closed captioning. Really? Oh yeah. Well, but especially with someone like, and I'm, I'm curious whether you had this cause you were like coupled up with him. I mean, Sam, you, I couldn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> And is it because he just talks so damn fast or is it because of his accent or maybe it's a combination of both? It's, it's his accent because I sometimes struggle and obviously they have different terminologies. Yeah. Like they, they talk like, it's, it's like a different language up there, genuinely. They say like, are we a man? Which means hello, are we a man? <laughs> like genuinely, like it's a different language. It, it was just like, anytime he was on the screen, it was like closed captioning, bring on the CC because what is he saying? Yeah, he's got a very strong like northern accent. Like I don't know if you've ever heard anyone that talks from up north of London, of England. No. But like you've got like Scottish, you've got like Middlesbrough, which is where Sam was from, you've got like Newcastle and they all sound very different. Yeah. I don't think they sound English. Like I would I would I feel sorry for you guys. Like, I I know that that would be very difficult for you guys to understand cuz I can't understand it on the best, especially from Sam cuz most of the time he's not speaking full sentences either. <laughs> But anyway, that was absolutely hysterical. And this is another th- learning curve. For, I, I don't know if you had the same experience, but I had never come across these kind of people in my life. Like, I feel like I lived quite a sheltered life growing up from a very small village. And just everything was, everyone was quite posh where I'm from. I went on this show and I was coupled up with Sam and I was like, I don't understand why you've got a crying lady tattooed on your car. <laughs> this is very bizarre. <laughs> the, the most interesting and he comes back a second time. I'm like, he's back. Yeah. <laughs> he's back again. Good old Sam. Dad, love you. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we've been able to connect. Finally. Share your social media. Share Swim Society. Anything you want people to follow you and support you on, please. 
Okay, so if you guys want to see more of me waffling on every day, um, I would follow me at Montana Rose Brown One and at Swim Society to get your sustainable swimwear. Let's do it. Um, we do international shipping, so Woo-woo! we can go all the way to Hawaii, baby. <laughs> Yay! And yeah, just thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to have such an open conversation. I, I don't think we have these conversations enough. No, I'm obsessed with you. I'm just, I still can't believe I'm even staring at you right now. <laughs> Oh no, you. I feel like I feel like you. I honestly think that you should do another show. Well, I, I I have said like now that I watch Love, I would love to do Love Island. You have to do Love Island. I would love to do it. I but I'm not. I have body image stuff, and I I could not wear a bathing suit twenty four seven on television. I could not do you it. You look insane. It's just I, I I'm sure that that's true. But I look in the mirror and I just you see something else. Hate it. Oh, it's such a shame. I feel like you'd honestly be such a great energy on it, and I feel like people would love you. I'd find my my dream man. I I wish. Are you dating at the minute? Yes? Question mark. It's very hard, especially coming off of a show. When you have a lot of followers, you get these kind of like weird boys that are like, oh yeah, I want to be part of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, put me on your story. Do you know what? I'm gonna prescribe you something which I feel like really helped me to meet a shitload of people yes in like an I I had a yes year I've been speaking about it on my Instagram you have I'm like the queen of saying no like my friend's like oh my god let's go out to this crazy night out it's gonna be incredible I'm like no and I feel like I just I'm so comfortable being on my own or like watching tv or chilling and being in my own space and I I felt like a year ago I was so comfortable doing that because I'm just I feel like we're very similar in the sense that, like, you know who you are. Yeah. I... You, you don't need to impress anyone by drinking loads and getting drunk. And I just had a year of saying yes. So w- when my friends would invite me out, I'd say yes, <laughs> even though I really didn't want to go. You're like, oh, no. But it means that I'm putting myself out there. I need to put myself in a situation where I could yeah. meet. Yeah. 100%. Have a yes year with me. I'm actually doing a yes year for the rest of the year. Okay, fine. I'm joining you now. Yeah. WhatsApp you every time I say yes to something. Yes, you need to. And I'll hold you accountable to it. Fine. Starting now. Because even like now, because you'll notice it because you'll be inclined to say no. And you'll be so more hyper aware of it. So like, say if you meet someone, you know, I don't know, on your masters, they're like, oh, I'm having a few friends over tonight. Do you want to come? Like, I would literally be like, "Mm." about to say no. I'm like, no. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I love it. I'd rather die, but uh, yes, I'll come. <laughs> I'm going to manifest for you. You're the love of your life in New York, baby. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for all this time. I, I just love you, and I, I hope we can be friends now. We are friends now. Love ya. Thank love you. Love you to catch up. Love you so much. Bye, Bye honey. Bye.